Welcome to the Spirituality Out Loud podcast, where you will hear real-life stories of people's unique spiritual journeys in their own words, from their own viewpoints. Hosted by Leslie Seidel, relationship expert and spiritual mentor who specializes in working with people on their relationships, from their romantic life to their work life, and just plain life. Here's Leslie. Welcome back to another episode of the Spirituality Out Loud podcast. I am Leslie Seidel, your host and relationship expert. If you are enjoying this podcast, please take a moment to rate, subscribe, and share it all across the world. It goes a long way in spreading the word and helping others to help find us. Today I have David Wheaton, and David is a faith-based executive coach, emotional and spiritual intelligent thought leader and a Warwick Business School alumni mentor. He is also an ordained UK interfaith minister and spiritual counselor, which means that he's committed to holding a safe, heartfelt, compassionate space for all those he coaches, which I've got to say has been my experience in this wonderful podcast that I had the opportunity to do, and I'm so excited to share his journey with you. Hi, welcome, David. How are you today? I'm well, thank you, Leslie. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I am so excited to hear your story. So as with all of these podcasts, we start at the beginning, which is mm-hmm. um, what were you raised with? What, was, what religion or spirituality and, and what was your feeling or thought about it when you were growing up? Gosh, I mean, I'd, Growing up when I was little, it was really, I I would say actually I grew up with what I'm going to call kind of nominal Christianity. And by that I mean kind of going maybe to church for Easter or Christmas service. Um, My nan was a very devout Methodist, so when I went and stayed with her, she would, sometimes we'd go to church, we'd go to church together as a family, but it was was very sporadic. So I didn't really have a great deal of connection with things in school. it really took off. I think my, my faith really took off when, when I was married in my um, mid-twenties and I joined a, a local Methodist church. Um, and there was just really then a sense of, a sense of resonance. I think for me that the, the spirituality or the faith, a sense of looking for meaning and purpose. And I felt I met, it was a big church I was part of, there's about 200 members. So there was a lot of activity. There was what I would call, there were a number of wise elders in this church. So I really love connecting with the, the wise, authentic elders who weren't just looking to tell me what to believe, but were actually keen to kind of open up an exploration for me, which I really warmed to. What made you find that particular church? Did you go to many different churches or was it just happened to be down the street? What brought you there? That's a great question. Um, my, uh, well, it's shortly after I got married, and we did actually do actually explore quite a few churches. Mm-hmm. And well, the only way I can explain it is, is some of the early ones that we explored, none of them kind of felt right. So it was just a resonance, didn't kind of feel right. So they weren't doing anything verticals wrong or bad or anything like that. They just didn't feel right. The only way I describe it is actually like, almost like meeting perhaps my first wife or, or meeting a partner, intimate partner, when it kind of feels like you're coming home. 
Mm. I don't know if you kind of know that feeling. This is how do you know you've met someone that you really want to spend, you know, intimate time with or a long time? Actually, it feels like coming home. And that's the sense that we both felt when we walked in through through the Methodist church where we lived. Actually, it, was, it just was a sense of almost putting on a pair of comfortable slippers. But it felt like we were coming home. But it was coming home with, 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 with I like this edginess, this nice challenge. It was a community centre as well, which was important to me around social justice and action and it was open because the community center seven days a week so it's very active mm -hmm. so that may be an element that drew me in that there was a sense there was a, there was a lot going on there was a heartfelt there was a heartfelt and a caring community there but i think that was it It was a sense of i felt okay i feel i feel comfortable i feel at home here that yeah. Makes sense. yeah just an energetic residence yeah yeah so do you remember what brought you to searching to going these different places like do you remember was there something that happened that brought you to that searching or was it just a conversation or because if you came from a place where you didn't really that wasn't what you were raised with was there something that happened or you just found yourself doing that hmm, good question um I, I think we all have our own way of, of of perhaps searching or knowing so i can only own that for myself and for myself i, I tend to get um my path seems to be one of synchronicity, where kind of things come to me and you know, the synchronicity aspect is, there's too large a chance for there not to be something in this. Mm -hmm. So although it, 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 you know, it sounds a little bit bizarre at the time, my, my, my wife-to-be well, was, was a Methodist and, and, and she was taking me to various churches, but my synchronicity was, I just remember, um, I'm trying to remember now the actual the actual phrase we had at the time we had a couple of friends and one of them had this certain phrase they were using quite a lot and i went to this small church and it was it was um birmingham central methodist in the past days it had hundreds of people present by the time we were going it was closing so we were only about a congregation of about 10. so in this congregation of 10 i think the minister gave a reading or gave a kind of sermon and he brought out almost exactly the words my friends have been saying for these periods of time and it was like actually the chance of him actually saying that was just too high for me to to discount and it, and something just moved in me and touched me and he was a great he was a great preacher and a great minister as well and along with his message something almost just kind of fired up in me mm -hmm. almost like a flame had been lit it wasn't raging at that point but there was just something it was almost like i hate to use <laughs> sorry I, um was it a John Wesley one, but that my heart felt strangely warmed. And it did. There was a sense of that warming and sense of actually this, although this place is weird, because there was no one in here and this place could hold hundreds of people and, and it was a dying place. There was something that felt very alive with what this guy was saying and what I was feeling. And I think it was that, it was that curiosity then to actually say, you know, it's really important for me to, to explore that further. Beautiful. Um, so you found a church that mm -hmm. was thriving, that yes. you felt home to and you felt called to. Yeah. And, and then how did that progress? Gosh, um, well, really, I, both me and I think my wife at the time really sort of threw ourselves into this, this connection with the church. So I think I ended up, Leslie, <laughs> I think I probably did all the jobs in the church apart from minister. Mm -hmm. you know, so I did senior steward and treasurer and all various committees and things. But I think the thing that really um, caught me was, and you may or may not have heard it, within the Church of England, also the Methodist Church, there's something called Emerging Church. 
well, it's called Fresh Expressions. So actually you might have heard of something like Messy Church, where they get people and families together to sort of play. But the idea is that instead of having a model of church where you kind of say, come to church, you have more of a model where it kind of says, well, what are the community interested in? Where can we actually interact with them? So it meets them where they are, as opposed to them coming to us. And so I got drawn to go and study, or actually, you know, train to be an emerging church or a fresh expressions practitioner for a year. And my catalyst for my deep jump in to my subsequent dive into spirituality was um, I had to have a mentor and it was a mentor. I couldn't have one of my own church, I had to be someone away from another church. So I chose my local Anglican church and met a fantastic uh, priest there called Nigel Marnes. And when I went to see him, he's just sort of guy that sat down, he looked at me and he said, hmm, he said, David, I think you ought to go on a retreat. I had no idea what retreat. <laughs> And he said, well, he said, I've just come back to explain to me, I've just, just come back from Ely Island or Lindisfarne in northeast England. He said, I think that might be, you might find that really, you know, a good place for you to go. So I remember today I found up Holy Island, Lindisfarne, had gone to a community there. And, um, and, and I found them up and, and there, was, there was a priest there and he answered the phone. Um, and he just said to me, he said, yeah, come along. He said, find yourself a place to stay on the island we'll have a get together and then he used these words he said and then we'll let the magic of the island work on you and I was like magic <laughs> what's this going on but it was an absolutely heart opening stunning week so for those who haven't visited Holy Island or, or Lindisfarne in northeast England just about an hour north of Newcastle it's a, it is an island of great nature. It's also an island of superb spirituality because uh, St. Aidan landed there in 635 and set up a Celtic Christian community. And he set it up with such a deep intent. And I think this is what I connected with him when I went on the visit. That, um, that before he did anything, before he did anything on this island, set up the community, he called just for 40 days of fasting and prayer before they actually you know, did anything at all. Uh, and so I, I connected with St. Aidan and, and were known as the Celtic Christians, so Celtic Christianity. Um, and the community I connected with, the Christian community, so the, uh, the founder there is an Anglican priest, but really went into the, the Celtic Christianity and they really understood the Trinity. And then there was something, Leslie, about that going onto this island, there was a sense of the denominations, Christian denominations coming together. In that the first day you might say I'm a Methodist, I'm an Anglican, I'm a Catholic, a Baptist. Day two, that did not matter. Mm. You were journeying very deeply with your faith. And because the island is such a beautiful place, I remember, I remember literally walking around this island with the sea and the wind and, and, and having a book about Aidan, reading his story. And just really being taken to another place and being really caught up in a rhythm of of sort of prayer, of, of reading, of, of kind of just almost being taken, I think, into a, for me, which was kind of like a mystical place. Mm. Um, and there, there was a rhythm, there was, there, was, there was a morning prayer, there was a noon prayer, there was an evening prayer, I think there was a healing service whilst I was there. And there was just a big sense of welcome, even the sort of people on the island, the people visiting the island had a sense that they were coming to a place that was was linking into this spirituality, had meaning and purpose for them. Mm. So really when I got to the end of the five days of that retreat, something literally just opened in me. 
and I remember if you've ever been to Holy Island, it's got a causeway where um, you actually, so it's an island. It is an island where the tide comes in as the tide goes out. You can only access it during the causeway. There's no bridge, there's nothing else, no other way you can get across. So you, you literally are cut off and that adds to its mystical beauty. But I remember on my last day driving off the island and really just being in tears of my experience of the, the sheer beauty of the place and maybe other people recognise that having touched deeply, everything just seemed so vivid when I came off the island. It was, it was amazing, that stuff was coming into bloom and the colours just seemed so stunning, so bright. And, the, and, and that, I think, was a point that said that really had sparked a flame that, was, that really did, was burning deeply within me. Beautiful. There's so much I want to touch on in that conversation. And so you join this church and in this church, you're doing the different jobs. Did the outreach portion, was that to convert or was that just to be out in the world to expand your own spiritual life? Like, was that the purpose? Like, I don't know what the purpose of it was, right? Yeah, that's, what was that's a great, well, I'll share something. I'm, I'm quite moved by, by the, I am moved by the sharing. Uh, part of it was linking into the, the local community from this church and part of what I did um, intentionally I, at that time I was working uh, as a strategy consultant and I intentionally chose to do four days work a week and on the fifth day I would go and do some volunteer work yeah. and again synchronicities came into play and this is something that really struck me very deeply that I just saw something in a local paper it said there's a multi-agency resource centre that is open, that, that needs some help, needs some trustees, needs some support. Those interested, please contact. There's a woman called Janet Church who was there at the time. And I just felt drawn to it. It was a place in, in our quite affluent town where actually was very poor, Leslie. It was a poor place. Not many people wanted to go to this particular area, but I went. Mm -hmm. And I remember walking in and meeting Janet and she said, why are you here? And I said, well, I've seen this in the paper. I just feel drawn to it. And I shared a bit of information and I said, this is what I do in half a day and, and I just, how can I help? How can I support you? Um, you know, and her words to me were, she was shocked when I shared, you know, I come and I'm part of a church. And I, and I was curious, I said, why, what's happening? She said, well, she said, I can't, I can't. She, she was overwhelmed and she said, why? She said, well, she said, I've just been, she said, I'm also, she said, you know, I have a, a, a Christian faith, but I've just been praying for someone to come and help and support us. And you've just walked in the <laughs> Mm-hmm. So that was that was very deep and very special, and I had a, a very you know important for me a very deep relationship with with the Multi Resource Centre. And I had a sense, Leslie, as well from that sense of service. Okay, I was going with all my gifts, all my talents, as, but even though it was a very deprived area, I always every single time I went, I felt like I received more than I gave. Yeah. It was a humbling. It was humbling to to actually go along and to see the, you know, the the sense of um, struggle, but also the sense of often of laughter, the sense of resilience within within the community, which this multi-agency resource centre was absolutely central to helping, supporting, nurturing, and, and that was something that was really important to me. And it felt like that connected deeply into my. Um, resonance in my faith of kind of connecting going out serving and then I realized I also receive as well oh yes I'll mend to that one 
it's um there's two things that i resonate with me so fully is this idea that once i started on this path and once i said kind of show me mm-hmm. show me where i should go next and I have several images that really, I have this like airplane hanger guy and I'm like, you know what, God, tell me where you want me to go and make it really obvious. Right. And, and also just like the subtlety of like things that are just drawn to, and I follow them today. I, I listen deeply and I follow them and I hear this beautiful journey of you just opening and just saying, yes, you said yes to what kept coming forward and yes. yes and this person and, and, and in that, getting your heart filled, mm-hmm. and, right? And, and, and it's, it's there already if we mm-hmm. listen, if we say yes to the opportunities in front of us. And, and, and the other idea of service, right? Like there's this whole genre of nonprofits and these people are overworked. And if everyone just did a little bit on their own, the receiving I receive mm-hmm. from the service that I do mm-hmm. is so great and beautiful. And Thank every you. go ahead. I agree. I, I, I just received so much. And I also feel as well that, that I gave as much, if not more, in the five days I did in, in my consulting than the one day because it, it so energized me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then to start to bring that as a way of mindfulness at work. Yes. Right. We started yeah. that in this, the, um, the, the idea of like, that's how I enter into a workplace. That's how I enter into all that I do. Right. Not just mm-hmm. the Sunday or I'm now being of service, but what if, um, you know, I did it. One of the podcasts is Mark Silver, who's amazing. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and he just said that, like, what if we start from the open heart and the center of God and the center of spirit and then start working from there. Yes, well, well, I'm part of here, something here that's called Divine Business Breakfast Network. And then part of one of the phrases there is, is, is we look to take or take our Sunday into Monday, oh, if you have a Christian perspective. So it gives, and I think that's what the Celtic Christian gave to me. It actually said there's a rhythm. It's not just about the Sunday. There's a rhythm throughout the whole week. Mm-hmm. There's something about being present with that. So actually your spiritual practices, whatever they may be, they connect you into whatever you want to call God, spirit, source, universe, whatever. And as you said, through that, then you're enabled, I believe, to actually then listen and to be open to these opportunities that come your way. For me, it's synchronicity. Sometimes I'll be laughing because things will happen. I go, okay, it's the next one. <laughs> I'm going to look to take. And that takes trust. It does take trust and an openness to step in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. to get and times just to go with it, I think, in a sense of, 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 of going with it. And yes, there's a sense of checking in so, so it's not total reckless, but there's something like, and what's I going to read? There's something here. This is from um, this guy here. He used to be, um, he was the, um, the priest on, on the island of Holy Island. But this, this kind of sums up the Celtic approach. And he uses the word God because it's coming from, but it can be spirit or whatever. So, but I love this. I think it's what it, what, it, what it comes up to, for me anyway. It says, he starts with this, life is meant to be an adventure. When we cease to reach out and stretch ourselves, something in us dies or we feel frustrated. For life to be lived to the full, it has to be adventurous. And I believe that God, or let's say spirit, calls us to adventure, to extend ourselves and to seek new horizons. 
a relationship with God or with spirit will indeed extend our vision, our sensitivity, and indeed our whole life. And whenever life gets static or dull, I believe that God or spirit calls us out to risk and to be renewed. Beautiful. Absolutely. So there's that sense, I think, of, of kind of traveling and being on an adventure with whatever people might, might see as God and having that, that flow, if you like, that relationship that actually will be with you and guide with you. And obviously meeting, going along with fellow travelers on that, that journey as well. There's something very beautiful about that for me. Oh, the community. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I mean, it's one of the reasons I do this podcast and I just, I, I get so filled with other stories, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's the same, a lot of synchronicities happen in this, right? I find you from talking to this person, from talking to that person. Mm-hmm. And, and also I love hearing about your holy places, yeah. right? It's like, oh, anyone listening might get called to your island. Yes. Might get called to your sick, right? And there's places that I have been to that are holy for me. Yes. Yeah. 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 So uh, where are you now? So this is a, you know, so now it sounds like you have just started this path looking for a church, right? And then you just followed the spark and followed the spark and kept getting deeper and deeper into your own knowing and just saying yes, right? And and each yes just ended up, from what I hear you saying, creating a larger fire in you and a larger knowing in you. And tell me a little bit about where you ended up today. What does that look like today? Well, really, for me there, it, it really, and I think it was actually one of the times when I was, um, when I was on Holy Island, actually, um, that actually it sparked within me just uh, I don't you have that as well sometimes and one of my connectors I think is for me is being in nature there's a wonderful piece of reading I've got I think it's called it's just a paper that's called something like backpacking with the saints and the idea of this okay I like my books I like reading but, but the author kind of says what if we took some literature some writing out into edgy places out into out into nature what if we read edgy type of saints whether it's St. Teresa of Avia or you know St. Francis well if you read this sort of material out in nature what impact does that have and that touched me really deeply so I remember the times you know particularly in summer taking a chair at the time I was in the uh, in one of the local hills around Birmingham with a chair and just sitting and seeing all the nature and reading this book and it just seemed to open things up for me um, so, so one of these things of where it took me, there was a sense of actually um, the importance of actually, for me anyway, faith, spirituality, having a real rooted presence in, in the real world. So really making a difference. There was this sense, and I, and I, I really keyed into people such as one of my, and I, I call them kind of my, my spiritual giants, I really tagged into people such as, um, as Martin Luther King. I really kind of got his sense of, you know, where is it leaving me? This sense of, as he kind of says, when we speak about love, love is speaking of very often, but I love his words where he says, when I speak of love, I'm not speaking of some sentimental and weak response, as he says, which is little more than emotional bosh. But I'm speaking of that force, which, which all of the great religions have somehow seen as a unifying principle of life. 
and Martin Luther King called this is the Hindu, Muslim, Christian, Jewish, Buddhist belief about ultimate reality. Therefore, the first hope in our inventory will be that hope is going to have, sorry, that love is going to have the last word. Mm. And when I read that, together with some of, I said, I touched into the monastics, this is my path. But I said I took love the writings of Thomas Merton, who were kind of saying, actually, we need an emphasis on both the spiritual and the social humanistic vocation of us as spiritual beings, in this case, as Christians. And that we are called to you know, love our neighbour as ourselves. And we're called to actually, as well as being, we're called to do. So my own call actually really was, um, was this sense of actually connecting with organisations and bringing people together around how can we actually look in, into saving our planet, so the, the environment issues. How can we look around bringing world peace? So I got into, I've done actually Kingian nonviolence, I got into nonviolence. How can we look at areas where we can look into making poverty history? So that was part of my journey into that multi-agency resource centre that I spoke of. So there's a sense of actually bringing this really to life. So actually the faith is being embodied. And at the time, at the same time as you're embodying this faith, you're also going deeper in it. Mm -hmm. that's, the, that's, the, that's, that's the, the excitement. And there's a rhythm or, or there's some sort of flow between the being and the doing. So the time that I'd spend with some of the monastic communities that just blew me away to you know going and, and being both in my workplace and some of the places I was volunteering feeling as though actually that, that, that I was on the edge you know as Mark Silver's kind of said but on the edge there with an open heart and having this element of what I call actually deep listening um, and there's one of the um, trying to think of a name there one of the one of the um, one of the communities I came across they had this saying in there, and it was, it was actually, it was, it was for, for, for the women, I should say, but, it, but it's across all of the, the genders. And the saying was actually, if you can listen to uh, the last word that a sister has on her heart, you can actually listen her soul into existence. Mm. So explain that for me. What does that mean for you? It actually means listen to the last word and heart. Actually, it's deep listening, actually kind of saying, actually, the space that opens here. We're really listening to what's really important to you in this moment. What do you want to share with me? I'm not just, I'm not going to jump in and then try and fix or say, oh, yeah, I know about that. I'm really going to be present with you and really listen to you, you know, with all that you're saying. And really, you know, that's the most important thing that, that I have. And, and I do do, in the workplace, I do some exercises around this where actually people share and I ask the other person in twos, the other person not to say anything, just to listen. And for over two minutes, I've had deep impacts across just two people in two minutes through this aspect of deep listening because culturally we're so well, so used to thinking about what we're going to say next or jumping in to say something. When we're freed of that, when we go, I think, with this deep listening, we really, there's a connection, I think, that really then forms where the other person then really feels feels heard feels seen feels him feels that their life or their presence with you has purpose and meaning hmm. that's lovely it's um it's interesting i started this podcast and i'm i'm interviewing these people i don't know right i don't know yes. you and and so i just show up with this curiosity right 
someone had asked me, was it really hard? And I was like, I'm not really doing it. <laughs> right. Like I, I don't, I have like four or five questions I normally ask. And then the rest of the time, I just, I hear what sounds interesting to me, or maybe I want to make sure that I'm hearing it correctly. Right. But I, each time a question arises in my, in me, I think, or I ask the higher self, should it, should, is this helpful? Is this important, right? And and so it's it's this little containment of the podcast while I'm doing this, yeah. while I'm opening and listening to you. What? And I started trying to do it in life, right? And what if I just listen to those around me and try and hear? There's um, a practice of improv as a spiritual. Mm-hmm. What, have you ever heard of this? And it's this idea that you're as improv, you have to say yes to whatever the person starts with, whatever the person comes as, and you don't know what that's going to be. Right. And so to try and like walk in your life with my husband, with my child, with everyone of just like, hi, who are you today in this moment and this thing? And it's just, I really appreciate the, it is, it is worth the effort. It is worth the joy of, being curious about someone. And yes. so I, I hear you talking about that as a practice. It's beautiful. Yes, because it, 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 it's, because you literally don't know what you're going to, to hear, what you're going to learn, where the conversation, where the relationship may go or may not go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then both, I think, are, are, are equally valid. And I know that, uh, you know, one of my friends used to, used to, used to say, you know, stand in the place of opportunity and let the outcome be the outcome. Mm. And I think that I think that's a sense. And I think you know, almost at times taking this approach as well. I did I did a master's at Durham University Business School, and my topic was what's the role of spirituality in the workplace. Mm. So I think part of that is around yes, we we do obviously need some planning. The organisations don't you know do need some sort of structure of where they're going. I think the days of having a five-year corporate plan, this is where we'll be in five years, are no longer here with us, you know, because it's more about listening, both to the environment, to the people, to what the calling is, to where, where people are going. So I think there's this whole, almost, you know, training emerging church, but this emerging process to, uh, to trust, we're back to trust again, to trust and allow that to unfold. I think that is the, you know, that's part of the, the thrill part of the enjoyment of the journey because literally i guess like you you know perhaps you won't even know perhaps what you didn't do fully next week never mind about next year at times or well, what might show up who knows oh but the surrender <laughs> <laughs> the surrender that that requires right is so yes. and the faith the faith and the surrender and and the thing that's funny to me i've just had some pretty intense life changes and and what has occurred is this future that I had envisioned unconsciously, right, is gone. And, and, um, and I'm here now in such a profound way. Mm-hmm. And that future that I, that I, that I am mourning, right, that, that I've lost is, was never there, right? It's just this idea, you know, but to be in the moment, um, to, to really try and open and adjust is for me, someone who likes to control and wants to feel something that looks like safety <laughs> is an enormous spiritual practice. 
yes yes and also i think we have done we have we have so many i think We've grown up with so many perceptions. We have so many societal conditions that can be placed on us. Mm. And I, I remember once being with someone, I think she was, she must have been, um, I call her a youngster, she probably was in her early 20s. And she was talking about what she wanted to do. And I just got a sense of, I'm not sure this is where you're, this just doesn't resonate. It doesn't quite feel right. It feels like you're, you're taking on something that isn't yours. So I didn't want to say that. So, so I just... I just shared with us, and actually one of the, in the Celtic Christian traditions, they always used to say this wonderful phrase, let your feet follow your heart. Mm. So I just said to her, I just slowed it down and said, okay, let your feet follow your heart. Where are your, where, 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 do you, if you, what does that, how does that speak to you? And she really was deeply moved. And, and literally in that moment, and I'm serious, her plans changed. She said, actually, she said, I have, um, for her, she'll have a female lover out in the States. I want to go be with her and I want to go do this. And that's what she went and did. Mm. She'd been thinking about what she's doing here. She shouldn't go out there because it's too risky. And when she had this, we have to let my feet fall apart. She says, that's what I want to go do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, um, you know, it's in my world, it's this little bit of like the human side and the spiritual side, a little arguing, right? And, um, you know, the work I do is what I'm called deeply, deeply to do. And yet there's always a little part of me that's like, just go get a job. Just go get a nine to five job and don't you get over it. And that's what you need. And you need a little bit. And this is the responsible thing. And you're being irresponsible. And I just get, get to keep breathing into knowing that this is hard, it's intense, not knowing, not really understanding, but also deeply fulfilling. Yes, interesting. And I think, I think it's also, it's this really good quality of questions. They quite often say about the, the spiritual teachers, whoever they like. I believe actually they, they, they probably provided very few answers, but were really good at asking really deep questions. Mm. So when I work with execs, one of the questions I like to ask them is, you know, quite often they're, they're, in, they're in charge of a big department or maybe they have an organisation. And quite often I will just say to them, so here's a leading question from my work with you. You know, what's the legacy, which is a great word, what's the legacy you're looking to leave to the world through this organisation? Mm. And normally at that point they have a sharp intake of breath and it's not a, not a, a quick fire answer. And that's then, because that then unleashes a journey with them. Mm. that then take that then naturally takes them into you know what, what's what are your values what's your spiritual practice i do i do some shadow work with them who's your spiritual giants i look at their relationships it takes them through a journey by the time they come through to, to the end of well the journey doesn't end i don't think but it takes them through to a through an opening if that makes sense it's almost like i lead them through a door well and you give them a different it's a different perspective right it's a different place to stand from Right. And I, I just had someone, we were talking about my son and I had someone ask me, well, what do you want for him? And it just like out of my mouth came, I want him to be successful. Mm -hmm. And he's three. Right. And she said, well, what does that mean? And, and I, it, the profoundness of that question hit me. Right. Like what, what, I want to be successful. What does that mean today? What will that mean tomorrow? What will that mean in five years? It's, a, it's an ever-evolving question. And if I keep saying, what, what is that for me, right? What is your legacy, which will change for that person in five mm -hmm. years, right? But it's that framework. It's the, I'm sitting in this position looking for the out that. How does that change my actions? 
And then we kind of come full circle to this place where um, one of the questions I like to ask here is how does your spirituality show up practically for you, like in a practical way? And I don't feel like I need to ask that because you've answered that so <laughs> thoroughly, right? And then that's, you come from that spiritual, like, what does my heart need? What do I, what is the next right action? And that, that's your perspective, like, that's where you start from. And so that's, does it, am I making sense? Like, it's so beautiful. And I will share, actually, because it's very relevant. I'll share a quote from one of my friends, actually, with um, this George Anne Lamont, who I know, and she works with Sally Burns. But their definition of spirituality, and I just want to throw this in, because I studied, as you know, spirituality in the workplace. And from an academic perspective, there was no one agreed definition of spirituality. Yeah. <laughs> Which is freeing, because maybe that's so. And, and, um, and, and as uh, I won't go into that. So George Ann's and Sally Burns, their definition is this. So they say spirituality is not religion. It's not about beliefs, creeds or dogmas. It's about being fully alive, relationships and that which gives meaning and purpose to life. Mm. So when I ask those questions, and exactly, you know, I've worked with atheists, when we come on to what's fully alive, relationships, what gives meaning and purpose to your life, their spirituality then tends to shine through. And I got that in a very bizarre circumstance. I think it was about the last person you would expect. I think it was Frank Warren, who was a very famous boxing promoter. Mm. And he was on TV. And I don't know why I caught the program, because I was not really interested in, in, in boxing. But I think he had a big house, and he, and he was down by a lake. And he puts on all these big boxing events. But he actually then said, very, from a spiritual perspective, from my perspective, he said, this is where I come to just be still and get my ideas. Mm. I just thought I can so honor that. You know, that's for me is living, that's where he's fully alive. You know, he gets his meaning and purpose. No doubt he would then speak to me about relationships are important. So you've got a big common ground. What you then hang around that, whether it's Christianity, Sufism, whatever that might be, you know, to me, it's a kind of sense if you're working, coming back to Martin Luther King about love being the start and the end, mm. you can work with that and help people express what's on their heart, you know, help them, let their feet follow the heart. Mm. It's very beautiful. So it's then, I think it's then, I think from the workplace, it's then for me, part of my work is, is helping the execs not just bring their IQ to work, but be present with their emotional intelligence, their spiritual intelligence, I'm going to call it their physical embodied intelligence as well, because we know the body is also intelligent. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and that's, that's the problem, right? Our, our out of alignment when we're just yeah. too heady and we're yes. just, or for all spiritual, I can be very spiritual by myself in a cave. Mm. It's out in the world. I think it's complex. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, Absolutely. And this is, this is this both and I think this is what actually Thomas Merton for me got beautifully that it's this rhythm of being and doing. Mm. You can be yeah. deeply in the monastic place and you're deeply being, but there's something about as well, the doing and for me, they feed off each other. Yeah. And I think it is different to each, each person. I think that's where I operate as an interfaith minister because it's back to this listening piece again. What am I really healing, feeling? What am I suggesting to this person that be practice or, or whatever that may really deeply speak to them? Or they may bring something to the table. And I've had people, you know, who, who might be following a Christian path come up to me and say, is it all right if I do some Buddhist meditation? 
I said, yes, of course it is, I said. And, and I take one, if you look at Thich Nhat Hanh, he's, he's mm. done Living Buddha, Living Christ, which is a fantastic book. Yeah, I, I will second that, and I will put a link to it in the liner notes. That yes. book is beautiful. Just the, If you open up the idea of where do we come together. Absolutely, yes. And so, and there is, I mean, there's, there's some great writing out there about, I mean, okay, this comes into my interfaith theme. And I respect those that are in a single, they're in a single faith. That's fine, because someone said to me, just in Christianity, there's more than enough in Christianity to last several lifetimes, never mind one lifetime. So if someone says, you know, I'm whatever and someone following, fantastic. But I think there's also a trend out there. Um, there's a guy that writes about multi-religious identity. Mm-hmm. And he says, he thinks, he believes it's perhaps the coming of a time where people have a multi-religious identity. That is, they have a unique identity, but ones that's formed and developed under the influence of several religious traditions. When you think now of, of you know, just maybe this, you know, who's going to watch this podcast, you know, the, the access to the internet, how many, how we can zoom across, how we can experience, you know, other faiths, even if we're just here in, in England, I go to Birmingham and, and go into another world of different faiths, which I do, you know, with the Islamic culture, which I love. So, so we can tap into these areas. And as my mentor said, you can't tell me that they don't know the God that I know because I believe they do. Mm. I think once I really feel really deeply get that, I, I feel at home there. I can't explain it. I cannot explain it. Somebody said, well, why are you going there? How can you? Isn't it scary? I'm going, I've been received so generously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the Sufi weekend that I went on recently, been received so wonderfully, so generously, that again, it just felt like I was home. Mm. That is very beautiful. So thank you. It feels... I feel complete and I love how we kind of start, we end where we started, which is like, it feels like home. Yes. yes, Right. What resonates with you? So thank you so, so much for taking the time and talking Mm -hmm. to me and sharing your heart and your, your experience with us. And, and um, so I will, uh, if you feel called to David, I will put a link in the bio notes and, um, and lots of different ways, and also a link to all of these people you've shared with us. <laughs> so beautiful. So I know we only really got started, but but I think that, that I think hopefully people just get that actually this is the the passion, the excitement, the nurturing of our lives. That when we connect with spiritual paths, spiritual teachers, we connect with our community. There's something I think that touches. A real resonance of vitality within me i think within within us all so i think that would be my message to encourage people to to go and connect with again maybe let their feet follow the heart to what what paths or paths may be calling you you know if you're watching this podcast yeah and that's what i like like you know i will hear people that you just quoted and and just go oh that person yeah i want to read that i will follow down that rabbit hole right <laughs> and and that's the joy of this yes so thank you thank you Thank you for listening. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode of Spirituality Out Loud. Be sure to rate us, review us, and like us on Facebook, and share us with your friends.